0: It's drive time. The Halloran Hilton Hill Show starts now. Welcome into the Triple H Show. This is Kevin Ray. I'm in for Halloran Hilton Hill today. I'm excited to be sitting in this very chair where Halloran speaks to you on your drive home. I'm thankful for the opportunity and Happy New Year's to everyone. New Year's Eve is upon us. And there is so much going on in our world today, and we are going to get started right at the top. Uh, I want to tell you... You can listen to us on the weekend show, The Housing Hour. You can listen at 3 o'clock right here on the News Talk of East Tennessee. You can listen at 3 to 4 p.m. You can also go to our website, thehousinghour.com, and learn more about our show. Uh, We are one of the weekend shows, Mark Griffith and myself. And uh, Bob Yarbrough uh, tried to to loop us in here to trying to work some of these shows uh, while Halloran is out vacationing. And we were also able to come in and do Phil show for him earlier in the week and and really a great time. We had a wonderful, wonderful time. So, you know, the headlines right now, I cannot uh, deny it. There is a lot going on uh, in the world. We are in perilous times in many parts of this world and certainly in the United States, There's over 800,000 furloughs being issued. There's many workers that are out of work currently um, with the partial government shutdown. That's leading the headlines uh, across the board as we uh, now go into the second week of the partial government shutdown. Uh, Really, both sides have dug in on this. As you all know, um, just yesterday, Senator Richard Shelby, Republican from Alabama, the chairman of the Senate Appropriations Committee, said on CBS Face the Nation, Um, Our negotiations are at this time at an impasse, and we don't see any future developments. Uh, That is not probably great news for those who wanted to get this thing taken care of. Now, he's just one person. You also have had uh, Vice President Pence and also Senate Minority Leader uh, Schumer meeting, have had few meetings since uh, just after Christmas. And it doesn't appear that that is when anywhere either. Um, right now, we're we're really in a situation where uh, we have a Congress that is flipping over uh, to the 116th Congress um, later this week, and you have uh, the the uh, current Congress basically punting to the next lawmakers. So we are in a wait and see situation. For sure, uh, you have uh, proposals being created right now by the Democratic-led Nancy Pelosi House, and they have created basically what amounts to six bills that will try to open the government back up um, in a bid to uh, end this shutdown. There's a five-week bill that that is being proposed and will hopefully maybe be voted on later this week. Um, and so that is also brewing as well. And we'll get into these issues um, one by one here in just a few moments. But um, I also wanted to, to kind of go back to what it is that we're talking about here, because essentially this is border security and we have a stalemate. So we have the Republican uh, president, Donald Trump, who wants the border security, wants the wall built. So he's asking this is a part of the House's bill that was passed. Uh, for five billion dollars, and that bill was passed by the House, and now um, the Senate's not going to even vote on it because it's not going to be something that uh, will pass. By by, by no means do they think that it's going to work. So um, they went back to the drawing board and said, "Hey, let's let's figure this out. You want five billion dollars for the wall? The Democrats are saying we're not giving you five billion dollars for the wall." And now they're sort of at a stalemate. There, there was word at one point that the Democrats had raised the amount that they would be willing to give to 1.8 billion. That was walked back by Chuck Schumer, and now he says it's at 1.3 billion. And then you had uh, Pence, evidently through, we think maybe Donald Trump approved this, but he's um, evidently brought his number down to like 2.5 something billion, somewhere in that neighborhood. So now, if that's true, we have shut the government down what amounts to a couple of billion dollars. And I'm not saying that's not a lot of money, but when you talk about the budget that's over $3 trillion, um, it really amounts to uh, just a few cents. But that, that's really not what's at issue here. We have um, two you know, very you know, big uh, brains in Washington, and that would be Donald Trump's and collectively the entire Democratic Party that are facing off. And and I really don't know what's going to happen. I'll I'll be interested to see in the coming days how we go about getting this resolved because – there's many people too that think hey there's nobody that's being affected by this this isn't something that's going to cause any problems um i've listened to you know some talking heads and they've said there's never been any issue with um a government shutdown and and you know if you're out there and you are going to be affected by this government shutdown i'd love to hear from you um maybe you work at one of the national parks or maybe in some other way you are uh, you know being affected um, I don't know if, if that's happening. But regardless of that, you do have a lot of people who are are really taking sides here. And, and I'm afraid, based upon, I don't know if you guys remember this, but not even, I guess, a couple of weeks ago, you had that incident that happened in the Oval Office. So it was Donald Trump, it was Vice President Pence, it was uh, Nancy Pelosi, and these four people were in in Chuck Schumer or in the Oval Office, you know, in public view, I don't know how I didn't see this, but it was, it was unbelievable. Uh, It was 17 minutes of awkwardness is all I can, how I can describe it. Um, You had uh, the two ideas just being played out right in front of your very eyes and, you know, there was no punches being pulled. Um, I was sort of embarrassed for the situation because uh, you're supposed to, you know, keep your uh, feelings maybe close to the vest, especially if you're you know, on public display, but that really didn't happen. And, um, it was just very awkward is all I can tell you. If you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend that you Google it and you can just put in 17 minutes, um, Donald Trump. And I promised the video would pull up, but, but what was essentially happening in there is you had Nancy Pelosi and she was just saying, Hey, look, this is a, this is a campaign promise that you're trying to fulfill and it's nothing more. That's all it is and then you have Donald Trump on the other hand saying well no actually this is very important and we don't plan to put a wall all the way around or uh, you know the the Mexican border we understand that it's going to be some parts are going to be a wall some parts are just going to be chain link fence you know this is just a, a part of the entire border security you know and then Chuck Schumer says that it's an immoral um i can't remember the exact words actually have them right here uh it was it's an immoral and insensitive Uh, Way and and it's not a a proper way to protect the border. I'm not sure how it's immoral. I'd I'd love to hear your feedback on that and uh, help me understand um, how this might be an immoral situation. Um, I understand where people think maybe keeping people from immigrating into the United States, even you have two thoughts about that and there's two people's opinions, but I can see where you might think that a tyrant, if they were in another country and they're preventing families from being able to get over the, um, you know, the boundary into another country, you might perceive that as being immoral. But I guess maybe I need to understand where that is coming from. I'm, I'm, I just don't totally get it. Um, you know, I personally believe very strongly in border security, and you know, I don't. I know there's a process, certainly, of, of how you go about getting citizenship, and that process takes a long time right now. And that's really where the issue is, and that's where you have these flare-ups on the border. You have a lot of people trying to come in, but there's not a real sound process to get people through it and not have any issues. So I think that's really one of the key issues that needs to be tackled uh, coming up is, hey, we've got a lot of people trying to get over the border from Mexico. How are we taking care of these people? Where uh, Where is the process and how long does it take? Um, there's a lot at play here with border security. It's not just the wall. Um, There's a lot more things um, that we need to think about. I think as as lawmakers, they need to be thinking for for a holistic strategy, something that's going to take care of all segments of this border security argument Um, because it is important. It's very important. It's important to the people who live in Arizona, the people who live in Texas, the people who live in any of the border states, California, and uh, uh, there's there's economic... um, things that could happen positively and negatively. And so, wow, this, I mean, it's a big issue. It's, it's definitely a wedge issue. Um, it's very much up there with religion and, you know, First Amendment rights. And, you know, it's becoming one of those abortion style topics where you just can't you can't talk about it without offending people you know and that's my goal today is to offend as few people as possible certainly um but as you all know we've got traffic right now because there's a lot going on out there with the weather and traffic but let's talk to sherry bigler And welcome back into the AAA show. This is Kevin Ray filling in for Phil for Hal, rather I filled in for Phil just last week and it was a great time. Mark and I had a wonderful time and uh, this is a great station. We love being a part of it. Uh, Mark and I have a, a weekend show that's uh, presented by mortgage investors group and it's the housing hour and you can listen at the housing You can listen to past shows, but you can also hear us right here on this station, uh, uh, every Saturday from three to four. We'd love for you to tu- tune into that. Um, and you can follow us on uh, also Twitter at The Housing Hour. Um, but we'd love for you to also connect here with 98.7. You can go to Twitter at 987news. Um, and also check us out on Facebook as well. You can find them at News Talk 98.7. Just search for that. And also Halloran has uh, a Facebook page there as well. So definitely have to go connect on uh, the social media outlets. That's somewhere where we can communicate and sort of get the pulse of what's happening out there. Um, certainly Donald Trump is getting the pulse by social media. And he's also using social media to get his message out unfiltered and just straight. From the tap because he's on Twitter, as you know, and he's already tweeted out uh, all of his positions and rebuttals to the Sunday shows and so forth from yesterday. And you don't have to wait long to get information from Donald Trump. I know in past administrations, there would be a news cycle and you would have to, you know, wait and, you know, oh, we've got an exclusive interview with uh, President, whatever, you know, and you'd have to wait for days. It's not really the case anymore with this president. Uh, he pretty much puts his feelings out there immediately. And that can be, have for the president from the pre- president's perspective or the Republican party it can have pros and cons. Um, sometimes, you know, these these texts come very late at night or very early in the morning. And if you're a Republican and you 're trying to stay in line with the message, you really have to stay on the Twitter game because you know you can miss something and if you're If you consider uh Washington as a play and each participant's playing their part, you know the script is always changing, so each character needs to understand their part in the script and they need to learn it so that when they get in front of the cameras, they can um, make sure that they're on point make sure that they're following along with the narrative and that that 's not just for for Trump's followers or Republicans. That can also be said for Democrats as well, and the Democrats are certainly out as well. You know Schumer. You've got even uh, Corker is uh, taking aim at Donald Trump. But but the Republican and Democratic um, strategies are in place. I don't know who's doing better than the other party, but uh, you do have Donald Trump. You know, taking the forefront, and and you know he's tweeted out his positions okay, so we have we have Nancy Pelosi, we have Chuck Schumer, who have made it clear what it is that their position is, and that is that um, we need to get this budget passed, and we don't need to you know worry about currently what's happening with the money of the for the wall we need to to pass the legislation and we need to get something that everybody can agree upon and Donald Trump says no i'm not I'm not signing that I'm not going. Um, to go down that road. And this morning, let me just read a few that he uh, tweeted out. This was at 729 AM this morning. And it was Donald Trump talking about uh, the border security and why it is that he's staying uh, very, very strong on from his opinion. He's not compromising. He says, "I campaigned on border security, which you cannot have without a strong and powerful wall. Our southern border has long been an open wound where drugs, criminals, including human traffickers and illegals, would pour into our country. Dems would, Dems should get back here." and fix now. I'm sorry for the grammatical errors, but frankly, that's what the president um, tweeted. So interestingly, um, he points out the wall, which my understanding from uh, listening to a little bit of Rush last week, that we weren't saying wall anymore. Um, Wall was out of the script, and you were supposed to only say border security. So apparently, uh, the director has added the wall Verbiage back into the narrative, so you can now begin to say wall again apparently if you 're a, a Republican um, he does you know sort of uh, box that statement in i campaign campaigned on border security, which you cannot have without a strong and powerful wall, because the wall is a is a lion's share of that five billion that he's asking for in this budget, which is sort of interesting from a democratic standpoint, because there's been bigger bills than this passed with funding for the wall. And this is actually a lower amount that's neither here nor there. But I think that this has become a, uh, a very polarized and magnified situation. And I think everyone is holding ground. Um, I don't see any end in sight in, in my current View um, That was one thing that Donald tweeted out. And then also, uh, this happened at, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going backwards. So this was actually a, the tweet before that one. This was at 6.51 a.m. Um, and all, huh, I'm working on his grammar here, and all concrete wall was never abandoned. As has been reported by the media, some areas will be concrete, but the experts at Border Patrol prefer a wall. Why does he keep capitalizing wall? I do not know. Um, they prefer a wall that is see-through, thereby making it possible to see what is happening on both sides. Makes sense to me. He's pointing out, I think General uh, Kelly or his former chief of staff that was um that retired or whatever happened to him um because in an interview with a Houston paper or a Houston media outlet he had mentioned that I'm not he this is him verb not verbatim this is just taking a little of what he said he's basically said you know that Trump is keep saying wall but really it's not a wall it's more of a um a divider and and he he sort of what it made it sound at least in the article that I read it sort of took shots at Donald Trump a, a little bit and that's what maybe Donald Trump was responding to with that tweet that he has never abandoned the wall the wall's always been something that he's been trying for but in the political climate this isn't me quoting him by any means but in I can see what he's saying in the political climate that he was in last year when they were talking about Um, the dreamers and the DACA and, you know, he was asked to compromise and then the the shutdown last year that we all sometimes forget about because we had a shutdown January last year. That was a, you know, if you're a Republican, you blamed it on Schumer. Of course, everybody else blamed it on Trump, but you had that happen. Um, and, you know, Trump was in the same scenario, but now this year, this political climate, he feels this is just, I'm trying to tell you how he feels. I think that this may be the last time he can get money for the wall. You have um, in the House, you have uh, a lot of new Democrats that have come in. They've taken back control of the House. And so you have the Republicans who have gained a little bit in the Senate. So the House now is 239, I think, uh, Democrats, whereas that was the number that the Republicans had in the 115th Congress. So let me just make sure my math is correct. Yeah, so you have the Senate. The Democrats hold... Uh, currently 45 seats in the 116th. That's going to be sworn in later this week. That was from their 47, which was um, what it was pre-election. And then the house, the Democrats hold 235 seats. And that is up from 197. So they took control of the house, but they lost a couple of seats in the Senate. And it's just a really, really dramatic situation developing because, what I think ultimately is happening, and this is what will play out, is you have, uh, you know, a shutdown bill, uh, something that that the Pelosi's team and the Democrats are trying to put together here to try to get passed, but are they really going to be able to get the president to sign that bill? First of all, are you going to be able to get the house to sign this five week bill? Number one, that's the first question. Now, Nancy is very, a very good legislator and she is an incredible uh, politician. Now I think very well, she could easily get this five week bill passed in the house. I don't see a big deal with that. Um, It's really six bills. Like I said earlier, but but just for simplicity's sake, it's, it's one thought process. It's five weeks. Some of it's for Homeland Security until February, and then you have a longer period of time till September for some other things. And there's, just, there's a lot of little things that you have to consider here. We're talking about almost $4 trillion or something ridiculous. So I think they, that she could get that passed. So once that gets passed, then their question is, what do we do next? Do we take it to the Senate as it was passed, And do we really think that they're going to get enough votes in the Senate to pass a Democratic-led bill that McConnell has already said? He's not going to, to even bring anything to a vote that he knows President Trump is going to veto. So that means that if this bill doesn't have any money for the wall in it, then Donald Trump's already made it clear that he's not signing that bill he's not doing it. So what are we going to do? Well, there's got to be compromise. Now, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are taking the tact where they're saying we have to go into action. This is me just sort of trying to understand this this whole process. We have to go into action. We're not just going to sit over here and rest on our laurels and yeah, we took, you know, the the house. We need to do something. And that's their this is their attempt at doing something. And Part of the the risk in this is that um, you know Nancy can't get the votes. Well, I think that that's not going to happen, but that is a risk. You know, everybody said that Donald Trump was not going to get the votes, if you recall, for the House to pass the budget, and everybody was shocked when the House all of a sudden, because of the Freedom Caucus, they passed the budget, which is why we are in the shutdown. So. We had that happen. Well, I could, I would not be surprised if they aren't able to get this five week bill passed, because if you just have a handful of Democrats or a handful of other people swinging, then maybe it couldn't happen. But, but let's just say it does get passed. If that's the case, then guess what? Right up Pennsylvania Avenue, we're going to go. And there's a little stamp that there's already probably been written out that says veto on it. That's going to happen, folks. In for Halloran while he vacations. Thank you so much for allowing me to sit here in the chair that Halloran speaks from and such a blessing and a huge, huge thank you to the entire team over here. We're so thankful we have the Housing Hour on uh, Saturday from three to four. We'd love for you to tune into that. Mark and I have that show. We've been doing it since 2011 and we'd love for you to tune in. We have a great bunch of shows that we've put together. You can go to thehousinghour.com to learn more um, and you can learn more about me. Uh, Honestly, I'm very transparent. You can learn more about me at kevinray.com Dot com. And Ray is spelled like Ray County, R-H-E-A. So we've had a bunch of shutdowns in the last so many years. And by the way, let me tell you this. And I, I, if you guys want to talk, I'd be happy to talk to you. Eight uh eight six five six five six talk I think is the correct um phone number. We'd love to have you call in if you want to. If you want to take uh issue with anything I've said, certainly I would be happy um to let you come on and speak to me. Um maybe you you know want to share your opinion, you can do that as well. So you can call in at six five six talk. If not, you can just listen to me and it's totally fine as well. I like to, I like to talk. So um but anyway we've had a bunch of shutdowns in our history, right? history goes back, you know, for a long time. And the, the most recent ones that I can remember, I can remember the one with, uh, with Obama. Um, and it was over the whole, you know, healthcare bill. And then it was, you know, the debt ceiling. And it was this whole idea, you know, we, we had to spend money, you know, to, to continue paying our bills. Um, that was one of them. Um, I didn't have time to go research like how that all ended and all of that. But then we also have the ones back in the nineties, you know, that was, those were some long ones. Um, I think, let's see the Clinton era, 26 day shutdown it was a 26 dayer. um, I think in 95. And when, when that all happened, you know, of course you had Bill Clinton and you also had Newt Gingrich and, uh, what an amazing, uh, display of, public discourse. I don't know how to say it, but it was interesting to see uh, some of the old uh, talks that they would give and and one of the ones i was listening to was the one they did in massachusetts and it was newt gingrich and it was bill clinton and they were so respectful of each other it was very (laughs) neat to see it was it was a little bit over the top but you had each person talking about medicare because that was the big sticking point is that medicare is bankrupting us yada 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 and the premiums were continuing to climb and there was just a lot of stuff happening and you know they really uh, Clinton vetoed the bill and the government went into shutdown and it was because of his signature of vetoing the bill. And that sent everyone, you know, scrambling and we had a huge layoff for a time period furlough. That's the correct term. And it stayed there, you know? And so when that occurred, of course, you know, people were, were really, really fearful about how that could affect them and how it could affect, you know, the, the country and the economic uncertainty that it would incur and all of those things and looking back in history um, if you listen to some you know, unbiased media reports, I guess uh, you do see in here that there was some things that they can see that happened. And, you know, these are some things that, you know, you can argue are true or false, but uh, there was uh, evidently the national institutes of health, uh, some toxic waste cleanup at 609 sites were halted. Uh, You also had the closure of 368 national park sites resulting in the loss of 7 million visitors, 200,000 applicants for passports were not processed, Twenty to thirty thousand applications by foreigners for visas went unprocessed each day u s tourism and airline industry incurred millions of dollars in losses, more than twenty percent of the federal contracts representing three point seven billion in spending were affected by um, adversely by military pay and benefits. Uh, there was a lot of people who you know suggested that this wasn 't going to affect anyone, um, but then there was some effect. Evidently, looking back, I'm not here to argue whether that's true or not. I, I'm just saying there is there is some precedence that's been set um, in the past, um, and I hate to even think of people being put out of work, you know, for any period of time. Um, I do know that there are some things in place, those who do get furloughed and are out of work, they would, once this is resolved, then they would get that money reimbursed. But if you're living paycheck to paycheck, like some people might be, you know, your bills come due every week and every month, and, you know, they may have to go to some extraordinary lengths to make this happen. Now, if, if you're on the side of the president, and you think border security is very important, and, and you believe that, you're a federal worker, and you believe strongly in, in the president's message, that this is important, we need to get money for the wall and that is what your belief is and then I don't think sacrificing even a little would probably hold your opinion uh, or take your opinion and change it because you believe in the wall, you believe in the border security, that's what you believe in and anything that you need to do as far as sacrifice goes, then you're going to do that. Now, if you're on the other side of the coin, oh, you're just just irate and I, I understand that. I mean if your belief is that this 5 billion dollars is a waste of money and that it's immoral and that it's not going to be effective and there's been studies that have proven that this wall isn't going to make sense it's not going to do what it says it's going to do there's been many professional like many experts that have said that the wall is not the way to do it there's other ways to go about securing our borders well if that's you and you believe that well you're just so angry I mean you're just very very angry and 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 I understand that that emotion. So either way it goes, you know, you're having to sacrifice regardless and not something that you're sacrificing. Like, um, you're not doing it because you want to do it. This is something that's being forced upon you. Um, if you're uh, one of the 800,000 workers that have been furloughed, um, I did read where we're going to be able to still pay the coast guard, uh, which is good. Um, and I do remember another thing about, uh, the Obama, um, furloughs the obama shutdown i don't know if it was called that but it was a shutdown and i remember president obama coming into the press room and telling everyone you know who would be affected and he said the post office will still um, deliver the mail the police will still be um serving each community the military will continue to protect and serve and He also explained that anybody who uh, is working that has anything to do with our security or just our way of life, none of those people, the essential workers will continue to work. And I don't remember if a Trump did that or not, but you could replay, you could just go in and replay um, Obama's because that's basically what what he was saying or what he did say. Um, And so this this huge, huge issue that's squarely, right now sitting in washington there's just a haze over dc right now i wouldn't want to be involved in what is happening because regardless there's going to be some consequences whether or not you're a republican or whether or not you're a democrat you're going to have consequences and um if you're an elected official you don't like consequences you know it depends on which way you 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 come down on those because if you if you uh, come in and you don't have uh, the winning side then you could be affected in 2 years when it comes time for a vote so that's where everybody's sort of positioning themselves okay we have this House Republican bill that's going to be up coming later this week voted on possibly Thursday i understand what way do i vote if i am a republican or you know, if I'm a Democrat, I would assume that each of the uh, majority leader and also the, the Senate. I'm sorry, the House uh, minority leader would be advising his his folks not to vote for any of this regardless, because it is not in the script. Um, and the same can be said if the shoe were on the other foot. Um, it's just the way it is, you know. And people talk about, "Whoa, man! Everybody hates uh, Donald Trump so much that they're gonna they're gonna prevent this bill or even anything from from being voted upon." And I don't know that that's actually true because if I'm not mistaken, the United States just passed a bill for the prison, the prison act sort of revitalize some of the rules and some of the things that are happening in our prisons. And that went straight through with a huge vote. I can't remember how many voted, but it was like 75 votes or something like that. I'll, I'll get that number. Um, and that didn't seem to have a problem. So I think that there's room for compromise and I think there's room to work with everyone, but you just have to, you have to be careful right now because this is a time where your career may in fact be defined if you're a senator or if you're a house congress member you are going to make a decision in the coming days that might write in history the rest of your career we'll be right back and now back live kevin ray I've always wanted to say that. This is Kevin Ray. This is the Halloran Hilton Hill Show. Thank you for joining us. Maybe you're uh, getting ready to celebrate New Year's regardless of where you are or how you're listening, Happy New Year to you. Definitely want to um, celebrate safely this evening or wherever you're going. Be careful of the weather as well. As you know, uh, we had uh, uh, Bob Yarbrough at the top of the last hour, I guess, three o'clock hour telling you that you need to stay focused and, and tuned in to 98.7. To make sure that... Um, you guys understand what's happening out there. Um, and man, if you're out there in Gatlinburg tonight watching the needle, um, just make sure because it's a rain or shine event. You just want to make sure that you're in, uh, safe and uh, close to uh, some sort of shelter um, just in case there was a storm that, that comes through. Just keep an eye on it. I know there's a lot of people in Times Square. I read a, I, I read a headline that said the NYPD is deploying drones and 1,200 cameras to guard New Year's Eve celebration in Times Square. Uh, wow. That's a lot of eyes on the situation, um, the drone situation I think is interesting as well because I know that the drones are uh, something that people have as toys, and I have one myself. Don't try to bring your drone to Times Square tonight, people. Seriously, um, I, I just just I can only see that as being a very bad um, idea. And they said uh, in the news clip that was played that they do have things to bring that drone down to the ground and first of all, it's a dumb idea. You'll be charged with something, Um, and that can be said, too, for the Gatlinburg or any of the other ones. First of all, these drones are are not waterproof, Uh, and if you you fly them in the rain, then it's going to come down regardless. It doesn't even have to have an anti-drone technology. It's just going to come down. I have a drone. I love flying it, but I keep within the laws of the land. That's what you have to do. Um, So, Coming up in, I I guess, a few hours, you're going to probably be heading out to um, wherever it is that you're going. And, you know, definitely look back over this year and think about all that has happened. And, um, it's a time of reflection for a lot of people. It's a time to really just reflect on what you've done, what you've accomplished, what you've um, not accomplished, things that you want to change, things that you want to move into in 2019. You want to draw a line and say, this was me and this is where I'm going. And, you know, that's something that we all have probably on our to-do list. And just remember that regardless of what things that you put on that list on, Hey, I want to accomplish this. I want to accomplish that. You know, don't set yourself up for failure. You know, there's so many people who will put together a new year's resolution list. And, you know, first week, okay, I got this, I got this, I got this second week. Okay. I'm just going to miss one day. I'm I'm just going to miss one day, third week. All right. I'm I'm, going to just slowly, you know, get into this. Just, just take it easy. You know, if you're trying to stop smoking or if you're trying to lose weight and start eating less, if you're trying to burn calories or whatever it is, everything that we do has to be done with a plan. And if you're just jumping off into the dark hole of abstinence, of whatever it is, then just understand there's going to be a difficult days ahead. And you don't want to set yourself up for failure. If you're just making your New Year's resolution list tonight, just bake into the plan some time to get that plan started and get it executed. So I have one myself as well. And I have a plan, may not be the best plan. <laughs> But I have a plan and the part of that plan is, is to go easy on myself. But, and there's a difference for me too, because if I have a New Year's resolution list and I don't go full speed ahead and my wife tells me this all the time, she's like, you know, you have to take some time. You have to be realistic with the expectations. And that's just not me. I I just, I'm going to go into this and I'm probably going to go cold turkey into, uh, trying to eat better and exercise. Um, And, you know, there's good and there's bad as a part of that. But regardless of what your plan is or what your what your New Year's resolution is, just make sure you have a plan. Um, I was walking down the hallway here a moment ago and I I looked over and saw the sports guys talking sports. And certainly talking sports this time of the year is is probably easier and maybe even, uh, I guess, more entertaining for for the people that are talking about it, because wow, we have. You know the national championship coming up. You know you have these bowl games to talk about. We have the offensive coordinator position yet to be filled. There's so much. The Tennessee men' foot basketball doing incredible. Um, and over here in this station, over here in this booth, over here in, in this area, we're talking about the government shutdown. And I'm sure I could have talked about anything I wanted to. Nobody told me I had to talk about the shutdown. Nobody told me how to talk about anything. But. As I just started to unpack what it is that we were going to discuss during these two hours, I just thought to myself, you know, if we were to not talk about that, first of all, that's all I think about. When I think about the news, I think about what's happening at this this very, very awesome time in the year, it's New Year's Eve, um, I would not be able to fully engage in that conversation I'd really want to talk about this shutdown and what it means because there's really a bigger there's really a bigger um something at stake here and the bigger thing that's at stake really uh, in my opinion is doing things that you believe in and if you believe in something then you do it and you don't just talk about it you don't just say you believe in it You don't just suggest that you believe in it. You don't just blog that you believe in it. You take action and you actually step out and you do what it is that you believe in. And right now, frankly, that's kind of where we are in a lot of ways, because the people who are in this drama, they're doing what they say they believe in. So if you're Donald Trump and you said you were going to build the wall, you know, he's standing on that. He's standing on that. Now, is he going to fall off of that perch? I don't know. But you have to at least respect that he's standing on something that he believes in. And according to him, we could be here a long time. We're at the top of the hour. we got a break coming up. Right back.
1: Buckle up.
2: The day's still new. It's Drive Time with Triple H on Newstalk 98.7.
0: Welcome back into the Triple H Show. This is Kevin Ray... I am here filling in for Halloran Hilton Hill. Grateful for the opportunity. Hope you're having a wonderful day. New Year's Eve upon us. And a lot going on here in our world. A lot going on in our neighborhoods even. With the weather coming, be careful tonight. Definitely want to take a rain jacket wherever you're going. Make sure you're in um, a vehicle. Make sure that you have shelter nearby. And keep a close eye on the news. Because there could be some storms. A line of storms coming our way. Uh, Wind as well as an issue. Last night... uh, my family and I were down in uh, Nashville, over in Nashville, watching the Tennessee Titans take on the Indianapolis Colts, and a really, really fun experience, certainly, uh, but it w- did not end the way that we had hoped. And it was a game that was full of, of defense for the Titans, trying very hard to pull back and Bring the team to a victory, and you even had the VFL uh, Luke Stalker have a touchdown there in the third quarter, 22-yard t- touchdown catch. That was uh, a great moment. They brought brought them within a touchdown, 17 to 24, and then you know luck took over, and uh, I think that it was uh, basically an explosion. They self-destructed the Titans did there in the fourth quarter. I don't even know what the final score was, but it started raining really hard, and we just, uh, at some point, just decided, hey, this is this is a lot of rain, you know, I have two kids, younger kids, 13, and uh, Patrick's 10, and we just decided, let's go, we, we can't sit here any longer, and uh, I was trying to watch the game from YouTube TV, it was just, it was an interesting uh, few moments, um, but man, it was really coming down there pretty hard for a while, and a lot of soaked people there in Nissan Stadium, um, and uh, if you watched the, uh, uh Titans really had an up and down year for those big fans of the Titans. Uh, hopefully, you'll have Mariota coming back. I'm a Titans fan, um, but he does have this nerve issue. You know, he had the stinger, and uh, the doctors for the Titans, I believe, might have said it. Well, he was a go, and his personal doctors said, you know, wait, no, don't think that's a go. Regardless, he didn't play, and I believe that was one of the key ingredients to last night's defeat. Oh, man. I would like to talk about sports more, uh, and you can listen when I take over for the Sports Animal later this week. No, I'm not going to be doing that, but I would love to. So if you're listening, Sports Animal, I'd love to help out. Maybe Bob Yarbrough can help get me a gig over there. Um, anyway, uh, we are talking about all things uh, tonight, today, uh, leading into uh, the final Eve, New Year's Eve, uh, 2019 upon us. And we are currently in a partial government shutdown. This isn't the first government shutdown we've ever been a part of, certainly. There's been others. Uh, There's a lot of history going on. All the way back, if you go back to 18 of them, over our history that I could document. And then you also have the most current one came in 2017, whenever we had our latest one, um, which was last year. But if you look back before that, you had one in 2013. You had the shutdown that was involving Majority Leader Harry Reid and the Speaker of the House, John Boehner. Um, That was the October 1st through 17th situation. And that ended, of course, after a 16-day bout. And it it was really, really an interesting dialogue because it was, if you recall, we... um, Voted years ago to spend the money and then our levels, our cap, our credit line, whatever that you want to call it, um, really started to come into play and we had to do something. We had to, we also had the the delay in the funding of the bill, the Obamacare bill, and it was set to roll out the following year and you just had a lot of things happening. A lot of people that were, uh, you know, up in arms about it. And uh, that's one thing that you can definitely look back in our history. And I always say this, if you want to know what's happening, if you want to know what's going to occur in the upcoming news, you can just look back in our history. These things play themselves over and over again. It's not new. These things are not like brand new. They're not reinventing the wheel. DC has acted in this way for many years. And this is Washington working in a lot of ways, um, because if we have one person or one ideal that's taking over and, and taking us the direction that it wants to go, that's not really America. America was built on the dissenting vote being important and the de- dissenting view being important, and that's how we have America. We have a bunch of different people, different thoughts and feelings and emotions and beliefs bringing their piece of the puzzle to the table. And this puzzle that we call America is a wonderful, just a wonderful tapestry of many different things. And I I love it. You know, America is the best country in the world. And I would not want to live anywhere else. I've been to other countries. You know, I've been to Europe. I've been to Mexico. I've been all around the world. And certainly I find America to be the most wonderful place. So I hope you feel that way as well. Um, I wanted to continue my discussion here with some of the things that we think about when we talk about the past. We talk about what occurred. I mean, this is a shorter little segment, but I want to at least set this up when I'm leading into my next segment. But we look at what happened back when um, the 90s, when you had Newt Gingrich and you had uh, Bill Clinton. This was pre-Monica we're talking, and you had... All of these things happening, but you had um, really what came of that is the two, the 1997 balanced budget was passed. I think on the heels of this this situation with the shutdown. So you had the shutdown that unfolded, and you had you know the Medicare discussion, the debate, and then you know 1997. I, I think some people point to this. Situation with the with the shutdown as being a catalyst to help people really bring the budget into the spotlight and have a discussion, a very important discussion about what we were spending and what was happening with Medicare. And we we had a balanced budget in 1997. So some people point to that as being uh, one of the reasons, is because of the shutdown um, in in 1995 and then 1996. You know, but if you look at who it affected positively. And negatively, if you look back at the at the polls that, that came out, first of all, Bill Clinton was a very popular president, if you recall. The brunt of the blame for the shutdown really went to Republicans. According to an ABC News poll, 46% of Americans blamed uh, the Republicans, 27% blamed the president at the time. Um, And then Clinton's approval rating, though, you know, if you look back in history and you look at the Gallup poll, it went down to 42 percent. That's what happened when you look at the arc of his Gallup poll. It went down to 42 percent. But then it increased to his highest level that it ever had been just after the shutdown. Again, I think people perceive you standing on something standing up for something and newt gingrich is looked at in history i think very fondly as it relates to that time in our history and i think bill clinton politically um and administrative uh, speaking i think when you look at the history of of presidents certainly i think people um still think he had a lot of positive that he gave back to our country so no matter what happens here I mean I, I'm not suggesting that Donald Trump is going to have a good or bad you know future as far as legacy goes but um just looking back I don't think Obama's has really been worked out yet I think it's still a little bit fuzzy what his legacy is going to be considering a lot of his um a lot of his the things that he signed into law uh, have been un unwi- undone or maybe even you know changed and so forth so if you look in the history There's a lot, a lot of good things that can be said that can come out of a shutdown. Now, there's a lot of negatives too. There's a lot of things that are happening. Well, eight hundred thousand plus people out of a job right now. They're having to sit at home and hope that their bills get paid. Maybe they're going to use a credit card. I don't know what they're going to use. But there's there's some good that can come of this. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome back into the Triple H Show. This is Kevin Ray, and they'll be watching you tonight. If you're in Times Square, uh, there's going to be 1,200 cameras, drones. Uh, I think every single inch of uh, Times Square is going to be on camera, and anything that happens is going to definitely be monitored. I can assure you of that with that many cameras around. Um you know, uh we have a couple of callers I want to get to in just one second. And you know, there's interesting thing too. I just saw a headline and you had Howard Dean, uh the Democrat come on and um he's basically telling Democrats they can't negotiate with Trump because he's mentally incapacitated. That's what the word is from Howard Dean. And I think that's probably what a lot of Democrats are thinking right now is that, you know, this guy is not to be trusted. He's he's mentally not, you know, suited to to be the president. And he's he's just not someone we can trust and don't negotiate with him. We've got Tennessee on the line. Tennessee, tell me what you think.
3: I was listening to your comments and um, I kind of disagree on on, on Obama's legacy, right? and mm-hmm. the reason I do you have to remember when he came in, we were losing two hundred thousand jobs a month. Yeah, we canceled a presidential election. every bank and every auto company was going bankrupt, so there's no doubt on on what he was able to do at that point. I think though there's a fundamental difference, and, and this is what we have to consider is that the best two years of Donald Trump's presidency he's, he's had because he had there were co-equal branches of government. He had a, a, a Republican House and a Republican Senate. The, the greatest challenge for him now is to see, does he know how, can he change, which he hasn't shown evidence they he can do, and can he operate with co branches of government and compromise? Mm-hmm. If he's unable to do that, then, then he's an irrelevant president for the next two years.
0: Let me ask you this, Tennessee. Um, uh-huh. I, you know, I didn't say that he, his legacy, that Obama's legacy was in question. I just felt, and I feel like, um, just like President Clinton's, it, it took a couple of years for people to really start to see, you know, what type of president that we had, and, and you know. I think no one would argue with the fact that Obama led with maybe a little different style and right. I felt I felt like Obama when I went back and did a little bit of research and I watched the video of him in, you know introducing the the shutdown I just right. I just felt better about how he brought it to the American people I'm not saying that Obama was wrong in how he did that but you know, I didn't say that Obama's legacy wasn't intact. I just think it's still a little fuzzy of how this all will play out.
3: I agree, history will determine. Like, Here is my primary concern. Um, you know, I'm an American and I love America. And what bothers me the most is everything that I, the problems that I thought with Donald Trump, not not based on 2016, since he's been president, but all the evidence was was that he was a dude who rode on the edge and he was a gambler. And that he, he was willing to gamble and lose. Works bankruptcies make it evident that, <laughs> that he was willing to put everything on the table and lose. Well, he used Except the laws for the fact that in bankruptcy, he never lost, right? right? Everybody else lost. The subcontractors lost. I thought he would bring that. And then he also was a guy who went on a lot of feeling. He shot from the hook about how I feel. Well, with well, government, particularly when you're in a leadership position, you know, there's not a lot of room for feeling. You know, like he felt like Obama wasn't born in the country. Mm. He felt like he could get the Mexicans to pay for a while. Well, those are skill sets that are that are great in the real estate business. They're just not very good at, at, at governing. Uh, and then the final part, problem that I have is I've learned more about my neighbors and the fact that, that we have a responsibility to hold all our elected officials accountable. And and I don't. I, it amazes me how 64 million people have just acquiesced. Mm. Just said, okay, he lies. Well, that's okay. Well, you know, he he he, uh, he 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 takes a side of Putin a lot. Well, that's okay. I mean, and that's been as surprising as everything else. Yeah. So I hope and pray in in, in 2019 and 20 that his supporters will have an intervention.
0: Yeah. We'll go no, hey, to say, you know, Tennessee, I job. think I think that there's yeah. the good that's- thing about. The good thing about this country, I think, and I like this country because of this, is that we had an, another election. And during this other election, thank you, Tennessee, for your comments. Joe, we're going to get to you in just one second. Um, the intervention that happened is the election, and more people voted for the Republican—I'm sorry, the Democratic choice— um, in the House of Representatives. Now, if you look back in the history of time, Obama lost a big share. Uh, if you go back to the um, other elections in the past, Clinton, you know, and after two years, I mean, there's there's history here. Obama did a lot, I'm sorry, Trump did a lot better than what people thought he was going to do. So um, the American people are the ultimate judge and jury of a president And we talk about the president's um, shrinking base. I I don't know. I don't know. I I have to wait and see. I don't know. Because his approval rating has went like a roller coaster. But you know it's staying kind of steady if not even going up a little if you look at you know the time that since he became president i mean at the height of his presidency it was at 57% and that was in 2017 in december and then right now it's at you know hovering around 52 if you take the real clear politics combination of polls it's at 52% so it's it's not went off the deep end it's actually in the last couple of weeks maybe even went up a hair um, Joe is on the line holding for us. We're going to bring Joe in here uh, in just a second and have him give us his take. Uh, Joe, you've been holding for a long time, and I apologize. Joe, what do you think? Hello. How are you, sir? Hey,
1: I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Hey, the, uh, here's how I feel about this shutdown, and I'm uh, I'm not a Democrat. I'm a Republican, mm-hmm. and I'm a Trump supporter, and... Um, you know, we all voted for President Trump, and he won. I don't want to hear all this, you know, he got more votes. You know, it go, don't go by that. It goes by Electoral College. God, get a grip. <laughs> you know, get over it. You lost. Right. Anyhow, um, as far as I'm concerned, this government shutdown is for the reason that we put him in that White House. He's not mentally unhinged. Is that guy Kane? Is he a psychiatrist? Does he know what he's even talking
0: about? Yeah, I don't think Howard Dean's a psychiatrist. Howard <laughs> Dean.
1: Now his, isn't he the one that
0: ran with Hillary? Uh, he was the one who I think ran okay. against Hillary in the primaries, but I, he never was a. Okay, he,
1: that was you know. Kane. I was thinking Kane, Kane, and Dean. I get
0: mixed They were all so running anyway, against each other, and know, he had that moment where he just
1: shut down. Yeah. And okay. the government can stay shut down until they start laying a foundation for that wall, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. How many more American citizens have to die at the hand of illegal aliens before we actually do something? Mm. That's the question here.
0: Yeah. Well, Joe, How thank you more? so much. How many
1: more? Did you say about that? The police? Sure. It's heart-wrenching. heart-wrenching.
0: I will definitely check that out. And that's so. what
1: these American families through great
0: and he, model citizen model oh, I apologize Joe somehow if you want to call back in I'd be happy to talk to you again but um, no I, I want to hear that interview I definitely think that what you're saying Joe definitely resonates with a lot of people because the fact is he won and we as Americans um, have a system in place where we have to elect people into the offices that they hold. And the Trump doctrine is that he wants a wall. Whether you like that or not is irrelevant to me. That just is what exactly that we are, um, the, the situation that we have upon us. So, you know, Joe, you definitely raised some good points. And, you know, I feel like I have two kids and I feel that the security of our borders is... This is very, very important. Very, very important. And I want to make sure that I'm doing everything in my power to protect my kids. Now, what does that look like? That's really the question. Uh, New York, Stu and Sandy, if you want to hold on, we got a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back into the Triple H show. This is Kevin Ray. I am filling in for Halloran Hilton Hill while he vacations. It's New Year's Eve. Happy New Year's to everyone that's listening all the way anywhere from where you're listening to. I appreciate it so much for giving us the opportunity to speak into your radio today. Thank you for for dropping in and listening. And I know that probably 50% of the listenership is my family. We want to thank everyone uh, from the Ray family. Uh, Ray like Ray County. Um, We do have a couple of patient uh, listeners that are on hold right now in New York Stu. NY Stu, I guess is New York Stu, wants to talk. Uh, Thank you so much Sorry if I got your name wrong.
2: No, you got it right, Kevin, and uh, enjoying your show. Thank you so much. I want to give you my take about President Trump and what he's done for most of the American people in this country. Okay. Okay, he's put two Supreme Court justices on a seat, and maybe by the time it's all over, we may see another one there, if not two. Okay, those are really very important things. He's lifted restrictions Okay, across this country, which has put this country in the biggest booming since I can't remember how long. Okay, construction, you name it, retail. um, It's just been wonderful for people to go out and get a job at a decent salary. All right. As far as the media goes, the media, in my opinion, are a bunch of jackals, okay, the ABC, news media, okay, they're in cahoots, okay, with all of the so-called polling companies that are supposed to be honest and above board. And when you really think about it and dissect it all, you know, who are the polling company's biggest customers? The media, okay? So they, they go ahead with what they want to hear from them and make it sound just the way they want to hear it, okay? And it's a shame because now the media has lost all credibility, all right? I've got a son-in-law who's a writer for the Wall Street Journal, okay? He himself says, we've been disgraced, all right? In the 25 years that he has been a reporter, okay, he says he's never felt this way.
0: Well... Now. Well,
2: That's a little inside
0: info. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, New York too, I think that there is definitely a media bias. Um, and I think that depending on what your line of thinking is or what your, you know, perspective is, for instance, when someone um, from the left or from the right, I think it definitely favors in a lot of ways. It definitely favors the left because there's a lot of the media outlets um you know, have that bias. You know, it's it's not really. We're not talking about something that's that's not fact. I mean, we're, we're it's pretty clear that there is that bias. But you know, they would say, "Well, this is just you know the predominant way of thinking amongst Americans," and and that may come across as bias to you, but to us, it's just fact and it, it's the way it is. But. Also, you know, now New York's due in the lives that we're living, the, the world that we're living, you know, you can have a story that's tweeted out that can just – it's like a snowball effect. These people and their minions can all of a sudden retweet this thing. And before you know it, this whole cascade of people believe that this is truly what happened, whatever this something is, you know?
2: I know exactly what you're saying. And that's why President Trump, the only tool he yeah. has, okay – is for him to get out there and tweet, okay, what he really means. Yeah. Because the media will never go ahead and tell the people what the truth is. So people say, oh, I wish you wouldn't tweet as much. I really, really wish he wouldn't tweet. Well, yeah. this is the only gun that this man has. Yeah, And well, the he... Republicans and conservatives in this country realize it. Well, they I... know... Yeah, they know what the media yeah. is all about.
0: I, I appreciate your perspective and definitely want you to um, keep listening. But I'm going to get to Sandy because she's been patiently waiting for almost 10 minutes. So, uh, Sandy, uh, what do you think?
4: Hello, Kevin. Thank you. Uh-huh. And I didn't mind uh, waiting at all. No problem. Yeah. Uh, I voted for Obama when, uh, when he ran. And uh, I changed my mind shortly after, wishing that I had not... But at the time, I felt like that he needed to get a uh, uh, an opportunity, and uh, I felt that uh, he was unqualified. He had not had any experience in business. His uh, his uh, background, even at the as a senator, he voted more uh, present than any other president alive that are deceased that I'm aware of. Mm. And uh, I felt that that undecided and un, uh, inability to recognize what the actual situations are uh, that uh, were at present that needed to be taken care of, he was just unable to uh, to get a grip on it. And one of the examples of that was with uh, Mexico, when he went to Mexico. And here we are having a lot of people on uh that need food stamps that need help, and yet he was telling the people when they come from Mexico to be sure and sign up for food stamps. Well, we have people here that's out of work or are we dead at the time and uh they needed help, but they were having a hard time getting it, and these people were coming and signing up for it then uh we're where uh, they're comparing um the situation in uh, directing the fact that Trump, as an example, filed bankruptcy. Trump didn't file a Chapter Seven bankruptcy. Chapter Seven is where you let your bills go, and uh, if and you don't pay, Trump filed a Chapter Eleven, and that is exactly what the remaining stores of Sears are in right now. Mm. Now if they reorganized they they have an opportunity to reorganize. Obama was involved in the reorganization of uh GM. But what did he do? He didn't take the time to do uh what needed to be done by all of the laws that affect chapter 11. Mm. He went in and allowed the bondholders to lose the stockholders to gain. Which <laughs> completely wrong, completely backwards. then when Nancy Pelosi's son was involved in that solar uh, company and it filed and went belly up, what did he do? He took our tax dollars, took our tax dollars, and gave the employees a mo- money. When the that when that company closed, mm. who does something Sandy, like that? Sandy. Somebody that doesn't
0: know what they're doing. Sandy, I I definitely appreciate everything that you said, and I really do. I, I mean, you you are one of the people you voted for President Obama, and then you decided after you saw evidence of a different president that you thought you were voting for, you decided to pivot and vote for somebody else. That's how America works. If you don't like something you bought, then you have the right to take that item back or you have the right to not use that item, whatever the case is. Because usually there's only a 30-day return policy. You can't change your vote for something that's already occurred, but you can change your vote on something that is occurring in the future. I just choose not to get into the to the quagmire of, of – of all of the details about like trump 's uh, bankruptcies, I understand that there 's a history, and we have to understand the history of something before we know what 's happening in the future and what 's going to happen in the future and The fact is, I think there 's some truth to what Sandy says when she talks about how Obama and Trump were are two cut from completely different cloths, and Trump. You know, businessman, very, very successful, and has been able to successfully do some things. And Obama, when he first came in, we were hemorrhaging jobs, if you recall. And um, I feel like he led us through that pretty effectively. But then we started to get into the policies and lawmaking. And maybe that wasn't his strong suit because there was a lot of business things that maybe lost him and and went over his head and not that he's not an intelligent guy he graduated from An Ivy League school, he knows what he's doing. But sometimes in Washington, even though things appear one way, they're not. And I think that's what Trump would admit. I mean, politically speaking, you know, I mean, he's a businessman, and I think he's even been a little bit surprised with like the gears grinding to a halt in Washington. I mean, in in business, you know, you can always come back to the table and negotiate, but sometimes when you negotiate in politics and you're at a situation where you have a, a stalemate mate, you know, compromising is difficult. It's very difficult. And, you know, Trump's, you know, putting people out there. Lindsey Graham came in. He, you know, had a few remarks on the White House lawn. And uh, Lindsey Graham is supporting Donald Trump. And um, he's also talking about Syria. And um, he's basically, uh, you know, supporting Trump and what he's doing. You know, and, and then you have a lot of things happening, too, when as it relates to foreign policy. You have today Mattis bidding farewell and his strong words for the president. And, you know... Um, this president is not a politician. He is not a politician. He is a businessman dressed up in politician's clothing. Um, and That's not a negative thing. I'm just telling you what we voted for as, as a whole because he did win the electoral college, and that's who our president is. And he is my president. I support him because I want him to succeed because I want my children to succeed. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Kevin Ray, Triple H Show. Thank you for joining us here, New Year's Eve. It's already starting to show signs of the evening time, which means one thing, and that means we're counting the clock down to the end of 2018. It's going to be an exciting evening. I know a lot of people are going to be out and about. Thank you so much for tuning in to this show. This is Kevin Ray. My name is Kevin Ray. And I have the the weekend show, The Privilege of Doing It with Mark Griffith. And you can go learn more about The Housing Hour by going to thehousinghour.com. It's the treasure trove mothership of information. You can learn more about us. And tune in on Saturdays from 3 to 4 p.m. right here on the News Talk of East Tennessee 98.7. Uh, We had this last segment. It's been a joy to be with you today. And I wanted to end really the, the show talking about what we have ahead of us and what we really are facing is something that's not insurmountable. But with that being said, there's a lot at stake and a lot to be done. There's a lot of things that we have to really understand and maybe part of that means being understood. But the fact is, That if we have this five-week bill that's passed, if in fact we do get that passed in the House rather, it's going to have to go through the Senate. The Senate right now is overwhelmingly Republican, which means that the Republicans would have to pass the bill in the Senate and at least 55 Republicans would have to vote with every Democrat in the House. Also, overcoming the president's veto. In addition to that, they'd have to have 55 Republicans. But in it, because we already know he's not going to sign it. In order to overcome that, you also have to have 67 senators vote for it, because that would allow for the veto to be overridden. 67 guys. I don't see that happening. So what we we have to hope for, and and really. If you're a praying person, pray for is some kind of compromise to get us to where we need to go. And you know, if you're a Democrat or if you're a Republican, somebody has to look within and decide what is worth fighting for. And there, there is a lot to fight for if you're Trump, because he is insisting that this has to do with his campaign promise. And he is insisting that this, his heart, he's telling us in those tweets and where he has said, look, I've never abandoned the wall. I'm wanting the wall because it is so important to the future of America. And you know, I can't climb inside of his brain maybe and and say, this is in fact true. I don't know what's true. All I know is that, um, he has a lot riding on sticking with this current opinion, and then, if you look at Democrats, they have a lot riding on this as well. you know the, you know the, they're trying to paint Democrats into the corner and say, "Well, wait a minute, you're for you know border security right why are, why are you uh keeping us from passing this budget when it's only five billion dollars?" You know, there is a lot of to be said about that. You know, Democrats are, are sort of painted, uh, in the wrong light or right light, depending on how you look at it. But the fact is you need 67 votes. If, if, if we're going to pass this five week bill that Nancy Pelosi has helped put together and it'll be voted on on Thursday, you're going to have to have 67 senators vote for it. The Republicans control 53 Senate seats in the 116th Congress. So. You'll have to have a lot of Republicans voting um, with the Democrats in order for this to pass. Um, I don't see that as happening. All the Democrats have is 47 votes or 45 votes in the new new Congress. 45. So that means that I guess 22 Republicans would have to break with the Trump administration and vote for the Democrats bill um, that has no money for the wall in it. Uh, McConnell's already said he is not bringing to a vote anything that Trump will not sign. I'm, I'm pretty sure that that is a direct quote, if I'm not mistaken. So if if we take O'Connell at face value and we know that's what he said, you know that that vote is never going to even happen. Let alone you know there being a chance for Republicans to break. Now um, we talked about the public's opinion about all of this, and it's clear that they do have one, and according to many reports, most Americans don't favor the wall, um, but they do favor border security. So, drawing the lines and crystallizing and clearing up, what does that really mean, border security versus the wall? Why are we talking about them differently? And like Trump um, tweeted this morning, apparently the wall, uh, I guess- that narrative that that word is now allowed to be talked about again because he tweeted about the wall this morning but as i understood it we weren't to say wall anymore we were to say border security so you know some folks out there that are listening and i appreciate the callers that did call in you know you might you know really have uh, an issue with what's currently happening and all i can tell you is it's, it's up it's up to the congress now the 116th congress because that political hot potato has been given to this new Congress, they're not—they're not, they're not going to take it up. It's over. It's done with. They—they've washed their hands of it. You have a lot of senators that are leaving town, have left town. You have a lot of new House representatives that are coming into town. Our very own Tim Burchett is going to be one of them. I would love to have him on the show. I'd love to, I can't wait to hear what he says about all this. But the fact is. The Trumpster is not going to pass or 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 um, sign a law for five weeks with no border security, with no no wall security. So we know that that's not going to happen. Well, guys, it's coming to the end of the show, the Triple H show. Thank you to everyone who called in. Thank you to my family uh, who were able to tune in as well. Um, I hope I didn't disappoint you. Um, I I really appreciate the opportunity to just be here. And thank you to Halloran for giving me this platform. And I definitely respect Halloran very much. We'll see you next year.
1: Should old acquaintance be forgot And days of old things